0: What's up, here, Dirtbags? We are back, and we are here with a huge episode. My name is Luke Aggabron, and I'm the host of the Dirtbags podcast. I've got my co-host joining me, Mr. Luke Payne. How are we doing, brother? Good, brother. How are you doing? Great. Switching up to a beer, uh, actually. I've never done this without a whiskey, so we'll see how it goes. Interesting. Um, Before we introduce our massive guest, I'm so excited for this episode. Um, Just want to say shout out to mr luke Payne, uh, as of friday left his full-time job i think many of our listeners and people that follow us don't know that luke has had a full-time job through black iron through western excavation through dirt bags like all the shit that he does he's been working an eight to five so huge shout out i know it doesn't get recognized enough but super proud of you and i'm excited to blow it up in 2023 with everything that we've got coming
1: I'm excited, dude. Thanks for the shout out. And yeah, a lot of people probably didn't know that. So maybe we'll have to cover that on a different, different segment. But thank yeah, you. Appreciate ab- it.
0: Absolutely. And now, without further ado, we've got a huge guest. I mean, I'm so excited to dive into merch, dirt, construction. I mean, and just like growing trucking. and trucking and diving, you know, jumping out and like starting your own business too. Cause that's what this platform's all about. So without further ado, we've got Cody Gilbert at official dirt gang in the house.
1: Let's Cheers, go. fellas. Cody, what's happening, my man? I see I don't know if our listeners are watching on YouTube or podcast, but Luke's got a kamatsu hat and Cody's got a cat hat. So Luke, I'm sorry I gotta side with Cody on this one because I'm hey it's all right. It's
2: all right I'm man. A, I'm a Tried cat and, man, true. So. Tried and true true.
1: <laughs> well Cody man thanks for thanks for hopping on with us. Um we've actually had a lot of people kind of reach out and they wanna they really wanted you to kind of give your story a little bit, just because I know there's a lot of people that, you know, I feel like have followed along with you just because of what you've built on the Instagram side. Um, again, you were, you were really early to that. I'll call it a game, but you were really early to, you know, establish a really big
2: presence. I feel like. Um, it all started mainly, I mean, I was inspired by Pushy Six, big shout out to him. Yeah. He's the first person I started watching. And when i seen his in-cab videos and stuff, that it really inspired me to kind of do my own thing there.
1: How did you know – like, do you have background in, like, video or anything like that, or are you just like, fuck it, I'm going to put a camera in the back of my cab
2: and see how it goes? (laughs) Um, No, I had absolutely zero zero experience. But, funny enough, doing this stuff has really – Piqued my interest in videography, and I, I take it further than a construction stuff. I've done uh, weddings and uh, recruitment videos for the fire departments here where I live. I mean, just different stuff. I really love editing and videography. So,
1: shit. Okay, so kind of it kind of you know you you found an interest basically on when you kind of first started. That's it. That's really cool. Um, so give us a so starting off, give us a little bit of your background. Obviously, you're self-employed now. I think of July 2021 when you started the Gilbert and Sons. Yeah, June, right? July, yeah, yep, yep, June, July. Where did you you worked at Earnhardt Grading? Yep. Okay, how long did you work there?
2: Probably right at six
1: years. Six years, I think. Yeah, six years. Okay, and that when did you like start? Was that
2: 20? 2015 or 16. Okay. And, and they're, that's, a,
0: they're a huge company, right? Massive, yeah. Massive. Yeah.
2: One of the one of the biggest in the state, I'd have to say.
0: Okay, yeah. And then yeah, as Luke was saying, you know, going from that to then doing your own thing. I mean, how was that job?
2: Complete uh <laughs> I don't know. In my mind when I when we did the jump, um it was talked about well before we left. And uh, we kind of kept it, you know, under our hat because we didn't want to get, you know, booted out before we ever even had any, everything in line to be able to get booted out, you know. But I guess the, the big jump, it was, in my mind, uh, I thought it would be, like, completely just a cakewalk, super-duper easy because I've been out here around all this super-big iron, big dirt-moving, you know, like, high profile jobs for energy companies. I thought everything that we was fixing to embark on was going to be 110% a cakewalk. Yeah. And I was rudely mistaken because the residential side of construction, dealing with homeowners, um, dealing with people, Sucks. you know, n- not commercially, um, it is a completely different, completely different ball game. And it's almost like a never ending job when you get on someone's property you're doing yeah. a job for them, and then they, you get everything done. This happened to me twice the past two weeks. Every job I've done, you get completely done, dressed up, perfect, looking great. Fix and snap the picture, and they walk up and they're like, "Are you done?" "Yes, I'm done." "No, you're not done." And they add like 20 more things, and you got to go screw up everything you just got finished to go fix what they need.
1: Oh no! What get? what do you give us an example of that? Like you would finish the project that
2: you bid out and then they're like, no, you got more to do. So it, it stems to uh shout out to all the women out there. Normally it's somebody's wife that doesn't that. Cause like, it's hard to explain unless you do it. Like if when you're clearing, you know, property and stuff, you can't really see what you got until you start clearing. Yep. And as you start clearing, they see the progress and they're like, Oh, that needs to go. That tree needs to go. We need to do this and this. So I was in a, golf course for instance to give you an example a couple weeks ago uh big humongous multi-million dollar houses everywhere and this property literally butted up against the golf course that everyone lived around and i cleared the entire lot like super big uh timber on that thing and in the beginning it was we're going to burn it and uh, dispose of the remains that don't burn or whatever then it turned into no we're not going to burn it we're going to haul it off so like if just for instance, when you, when you know, you're going to burn stuff, you just rip it down. You know, if you know you're going to haul it off, you need to crunch it up a little bit more so it'll go on the truck. Yep. So I didn't crunch any of that brush up. So I had to <laughs> like sit there and go through that pile little by little. And I got the whole thing cleaned up and there's like a little patch against the golf course. And I got everything cleaned up. And there's what he, the homeowner said, uh, my wife wants all that gone. And that was like another five loads of brush after I got everything caught off all my trucks. I was like, I'm done. It was a mess.
1: I hope you're I hope you charge them for that for the changes. Oh,
2: absolutely. Okay, go good. good, good, good. I was like,
1: oh my god, gotta I gotta Because
2: I know there's some people that
1: would be like, Oh yeah, don't worry, I'll just I'll just take care of that.
2: All right. Uh good. in the beginning, in the beginning, we got uh we got God a couple times because yeah. you know we're used to working for people that handle the business, and now we have to handle the business. So we are trying to be nice and we, we got God a couple times in the beginning.
0: Yeah, Cody, question for you. So if something like that happens, is that ever like a good thing, like an upcharge that you didn't expect, or is it always kind of just a nuisance because of the timing?
2: Uh, depends on what you got lined up. Um, yeah. Mainly that one, that one was a nuisance um, because we, we was, pu- I was pushed for time because I had to be at another job. It was a Friday night is when it happened. So, oh. I mean, I stayed till almost, we, we, we never left until eight o'clock that night. Um, and my dad, me and him, are kind of split up. He, he does the commercial side of our, our company. I do the residential. He had to come because he, he got off Our He was already home. So he had to come bail me out. You know, he had to go grab one of our trucks yeah. and haul some brush to get, get us bailed out of that. But more, more of a nuisance than anything. Sometimes depending on like, if you're halfway through the job and they add it definitely a good upcharge and yeah. a good benefit for you.
1: Cody, take us back to day one. You were kind of talking about, you know, you got God on a couple of projects and kind of the root awakening when you started, when you, before you started, what was kind of your thought process of it? Were you just like, you know, I see what these guys are doing. It shouldn't, you know, it's not super tough. We can do this on our own. Kind of, kind of take us through that. What were, what
2: were your initial thoughts when you wanted to start? Um, so taking it back, I mean, we'll take it back five years. Me and my dad has talked about doing this for a long time. Um, and he just always brushed it off. And was like, no, nah, we're good where we're at. Cause me, he, he worked for Earnhardt the same as I did. I was actually lucky enough to be on his crew. So I got to learn everything from him That's at cool. Earnhardt and here where we're at now. But, um, taking it back, we talked about doing our own thing for a long time and on Instagram, you know, as it is, everything's painted real pretty on social media. So I was looking at well-established companies already. So, and, you know, and I knew they were smaller it was self-employed guys. So I was watching them and how they did things. So I assume that's how it would go. Um, and starting out, it was, we had two Kenworth dump trucks and that was our, that was going to be our bread and butter was just trucking. Um, and we, we learned real quick that you're going to have to have more than two dump trucks to make some money, the kind of money we we're wanting to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it quickly evolved into, um, I'm sure we'll jump into this later, but, the piece of crap Sandy that we have and <laughs> all of the new heavy equipment that we've purchased, um, that has become the bread and butter. And, and I mean, I don't know if y'all are religious or not, but we, I mean, I just, I oh, talk yeah. to God all the time and, uh, my dad does too. And my dad would tell me, he said, you know, God spoke to me and said, why would you do something that you know, like why do trucking when you know you're good at grading, go do grading, you know, you can make money doing that. And that, clicked and we've took off i mean getting it done
1: how'd you guys how so starting at, how'd you guys figure or how'd you come up with your first jobs what what did you guys do for like advertising did did you kind of have like a clientele that you were like okay i know like maybe earn hard that you know pushes away these jobs we can kind of maybe go after these like kind of take us through that
2: so in the beginning anything that earnhardt would have pushed away would have been way too big for us we wouldn't have been equipped for anything that they had uh although they did uh shoot some work our way it never panned out but they did shoot some work our way which was really cool of them um but in the beginning it was mainly um word of mouth and i created an instagram account for our company i promoted it on my instagram the dirt gang and It that I probably didn't even do anything for us, but mainly it was my dad has done this for the last 25 to 30 years of his life. So, you know, he knows somebody in the business somewhere and um, just kind of shooting the word around. And a lot of it was really small residential stuff. Um, And as it progressed, it, I mean, the way the only way I can explain it is when you get on a job, it's like a domino effect. You'll be doing a job at somebody's house. Some guy rides by, he sees you working. He's like, "Hey, I got about 15 acres. I need to clear it at my house. Okay, here's our card." Then he calls. You go to his do his job. By, I mean, domino effect. It just keeps going and going and going.
1: Do you so? What did you guys have for equipment at the time? Do you accredit? Like, do you think people saw your work? Do you think people saw like the appearance of your guys's company? What do you think kind of attracted people to you guys? Or was it mainly just because you were at the right place at the right time?
2: I think it was uh, the right place at the right time because I don't think anybody would hire anybody that used a sandy excavator. Um, <laughs> no. um, I, th- I think just uh just the right place at the right time. And yeah. now that we have all Caterpillar, um, I think they look at that and say, oh, they're probably not Democrats. <laughs> yeah, and they, 100%. I agree with that. <laughs> Cheers to that
1: one. Um because you you just bought a 317. What other what other equipment do you guys have in your lineup? What's like your favorite piece? Um,
2: yeah, we just bought the 317, which is uh, my baby now. And I have been researching legal ways to marry that machine. There you go. Um, but, no, we have the 317. We have a 320. Um, I seen y'all just bought a 320, didn't you? We just got a 326. We, we just signed the papers yeah, yeah, yeah. today on it. So, Good deal. I'm pumped. Uh, yeah, we got the 317, the 320, uh, D6N. Uh, with gps on it i uh, got a 953c track loader uh, d5k uh, dozer then we have a 1969 d5 uh, there's no series letter on it so it's just straight d5 um there's no i mean it's so wore out you can't really see a date or anything on it i'm just going off of the guy we bought it from he said it was a 69 so we're gonna say it's a 69 <laughs> you're like
1: all right we'll, we'll go with you man sounds good <laughs>
2: and then That's we have awesome. a yard ornament uh, Sani. SY one thirty five, and it's for sale. If anybody is looking, at yes, right? for sale ninety five thousand dollars out the door. Deal, that's a steal yep. of a deal.
0: Someone go Luke, take it, uh, Luke. We're taking a cut if somebody buys it from this podcast here.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we'll
1: we'll send Cody the bill later.
0: Uh, um, uh, Cody. So like when you did start, you know, you kind of mentioned that it it wasn't like you thought, and obviously it's a lot tougher when you jump into it. So I know that can be a big misconception. I think you sometimes do people a disservice, not you specifically, but people on Instagram showing everything that's perfect all the time. Like how do they start out? How do they get a realistic expectation of just before jumping into a new business, especially in construction? Like what are some good ways, whether it's renting or working, like subbing out some work, like what are some good ways to kind of get into the business without taking on too much risk and not knowing like what the hell you're doing?
2: Um, I would say if you don't want to take on much risk, we, uh, we just threw everything we had and put it on the table, went all in. But if you don't want to take a lot of risk, I would say. First and foremost, you're going to want to get an LLC and your your company name and whatnot. Uh, you're going to need some workman's comp. You're going to need some insurance. Um, and if you get insurance and you're planning on renting heavy equipment, go ahead and get that blanket policy on your insurance. Uh, put like $2 million worth of coverage on it. And I, w- I would say, like, let's say, like, Luke, the other Luke, he said he was working uh, eight to five or something like that. If you have a job and you're wanting to test the waters go talk to some people around your area see if they need something done you know i need some clearing done i need a you know driveway pop or something you know just some small stuff you can go rent the machine from your local machine dealer wherever you're at test the waters, see what you make from it make sure you price the job to make profit obviously but you can test the waters that way or you can go balls deep like we did and pulled a lucky card so yeah
1: <laughs> definitely well i'm i feel like you know luck is a luck is kind of a luck is kind of a tough word i feel like the harder you work the luckier you get right that's so, right. um what what intrigues me is you guys have a hell of a lineup you know and you're you're just over a year of of being in business how did you how did you know what equipment you needed you know, within that year of business, was it just like, Hey, we have this many projects or this magnitude of projects coming in. These
2: are the equipment that we, or this is the equipment that we need. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly, exactly how it happened. Um, and our accountant, she's uh, really good at saying, Hey, you need to go buy something before your ass gets ate alive in taxes. Fuck <laughs> but, yeah, Have a good accountant. But, uh, <laughs> but um, it, no, it started, I'm trying to remember how it went. We got the, we got the Sani. And then we got a track loader because we was doing a lot of residential like basements and stuff. And that track loader is a mean machine for basements and you can clear with it. I mean, you can do everything. It's like a bulldozer and excavator combined in one machine. It's really cool, but it just slowly progressed. Um, I would say the Sani and the track loader was our two main weapons when we first started. And then we threw in that 1969 D5, um, we had a big dirt job, uh, for a church we had to do, and it really helped bulk some of the dirt out. And, uh, but just as the jobs, like it, it was just kind of smaller jobs and it just slowly progress. And I guess it's just you being coherent as to what's happening around you, knowing when it's time to upgrade. Like we have a really, really big job that is, um, making us making a lot of money for the company right now. And it's two hours away. So we went and bought two pieces of equipment strictly for that job. They never came to our, our shop or office or nothing like that. They went straight from the dealer, straight to that job. And they have been there the whole time. Um, all the guys that work for us, they're all, most of them's up there. Like I'm normally by myself 90% of the time doing my own thing, one man show on the residential stuff. But um, just like the big stuff up there, the way we priced it, the way the money works, the way the what the equipment costed by the time that job is done if you play it right and all that stuff's probably going to be paid for by the time that job's over with so Fuck yeah. Oh. how do you guys manage your cash flow
1: you know it, i don't think you have to get into the nitty-gritty of like oh we have this much and this much oops sorry this much and this much but like from what I obviously you got guys that work for you you've got equipment payments obviously you got to pay your guys itself how how did you learn how do you know how to do that within the first year I'm still learning. Still learning. And I, and I'm on like year yeah. five.
2: Still learning. Still learning. Um, luckily, we have a really good uh, dealer. Uh, our sales, our sales rep for us. Um, he actually goes over. He, we had lunch the other day. They take you out to lunch when you buy a machine. Just that's the. best. Your... he just ordered the most expensive <laughs> thing on the menu. We did yeah. that to Kevin today. <laughs> uh, no, but we we had lunch and he went over. Kind of, he was telling me that we are kind of. Our company itself, he notices a lot of young companies um, that doesn't manage cash flow very well, doesn't manage their finances very well. I'm not saying they don't make it, but the way they manage it, it shows that they're having a loss every year. Mm-hmm. So we've bought a D6N, a three twenty, a three seventeen, you know, all that, all that stuff from Caterpillar. So he said we're kind of to that point now where they're going to have to start having some really Definitive financial documents, you know, profit loss margins, uh, balance sheets, all that good stuff. So um, I'm still learning. Uh, luckily, we have an accountant for all this good stuff, but we're still kind of learning, really.
1: I don't think you ever stop learning on that topic because... Absolutely not. Luke and I have been a part of a couple different webinars and just talks about cash flow. And there's multi-million dollar businesses that are still like, I need to manage my cash flow better. Yeah, So it's, that's a really big topic.
0: Yeah. It's actually like in, especially in the seven figure range, uh, we're seeing that companies like they don't need, or I should say, they don't need more jobs. They have enough jobs. They have enough work coming in, but they also can't really hire for the jobs because they're so tight on cash between paying out their, their machines and their fleet and each other. And so it's a, it's an interesting spot to be in because there's work out there. Um, They think they can get people, but they just can't necessarily pay them. So, it's uh, it's interesting to see how it works and what stems from that. And what I think is a misconception is commercial is the almighty best ever. And when I've had multiple conversations with Luke on this is commercial is amazing and it's great, but the payment terms are way different. Like things operate differently when you go commercial. Yes. So Cody, do you think like that helps having like a good, healthy residential side and the commercial side?
2: So yeah, that's that's kind of our, our niche that's uh, it's like a game of chess really um if depending on myself and the weather um the the commercial job up there the weather it's kind of weather dependent and at the same time it's not i mean if for whatever reason the rain gets them there's still stuff that can be done for me if the rain gets me it's normally a uh, shut down for a day or two while it drives yeah. but um, the residential side of our company if played correctly can pay for everything that we owe for just my part of it. So everything at the commercial side of it goes into the bank and is used for keeping everything running. I mean, you know, we're not counting maintenance, fuel, payroll, um, parts. I mean, all that good stuff. There's, there's way more than just insurance. That, that shit is outrageous. Fucking dumb. It's a scam, but it's not at the same time.
1: (laughs) Uh, not a scam. I shouldn't say that. Cause I'm sure my insurance guy is like, all right, Luke. He's listening.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> not a scam. Not a scam. Um, were you, when you guys first started Cody, you just had a little one, right? Or was, it
2: yep. was he, it's a, you got a little boy, right? Um, it was kind of the same time, like the week he was born. Let me think here. Yeah. The week he was born. You were like, <laughs>
1: Honey, I'm quitting my job. We're starting our own. And
2: yep.
1: how did that so, go? That was scary. Oh yeah.
2: Extremely scary. Because I've heard my whole life when you have a kid, it's you're gonna it's gonna be so expensive and this and that. Really, it's not been that expensive. We just recently got out of the diapers that we got from the baby shower and he's a year old. So it's not <laughs> it's not that nice. bad. Yo, hell yeah. It was it was definitely scary to think, you know, if this thing flops it's over with i mean technically what what happened was my dad being a good dad and he, my dad is an awesome dad my dad's probably going to watch this um but but he uh when we first started the company he said you know what son let me let me take all of the risk right now so everything went into his name right out of the gate so if it did flop it wouldn't affect me that much mm. um and i would do the same for my son but now that we've we are kind of, anything can happen. I'm not taking that for granted, Not on wood, but I think we're pretty comfortable and um, everything's kind of shifted and we're kind of half and half now. So Does that motivate you a little bit more
1: for him taking on kind of all the risk? You're like, I've got, you know, I don't have it on my back, but I do at the same time. It's almost like an obligation to him. You're like, I got to make sure that, you know, my family's okay. You know, my uh, family, my, you know, your father, he's okay. Things like
2: that. Yeah, um, it, went, it, was, it was to the point um, – I played it smart. I think I played it smart um, because the way I uh, compartmentalized this in my head, um, at Earnhardt I worked there for six years. I had a 401k, and I maxed that bad boy out to where so much of my check was going into that thing, and they matched it. So when I left Earnhardt, I had a pretty large chunk of change in that um, 401k. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, Gilbert and Sons grading and hauling. It's probably not going to have a 401k uh, thing going on when we start up. So I'm going to go ahead and pull that out. And I pulled that out. Financially speaking, I paid off everything personally that I owe for that I could pay for. All the low hanging fruit in my life, cut it out. All I owe for is like my house and a truck. That's it now. So the rest of that money I lived off of for the first three or four months of our company startup. And I told my dad, I was like, don't pay me. I don't need a check. I got money. Take it, put it towards the company, pay yourself. You know, you're going to need it. Yep. So that's what we did. And it worked out. So
0: yeah. I Cody, tried to
2: help him as much as I could.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A uh, question for you and Luke too, I guess, um, as you guys grow and are scaling, you know, your company, like, how do you figure out how much to pay yourself? I I know I'm in a totally different industry with marketing, but like, I'm still an entrepreneur and a business owner. Like, how do you figure out how much you pay yourself and does it change? This may sound stupid, but does it change depending on how much you're making like in a certain month or do you kind of look at it in, in a quarter or a year? How do you do it? Um, the
2: way I do it is I look at again, what I personally need to live yeah, me, my wife, my son, what do we need to live? And it really comes into more of a, how bad do you want your company to succeed? So if you're in this for the money, it's probably not going to work out for you. Um, Obviously, I mean, I'm in it for the money. I mean, duh, but how? I mean, the, the want to for success is greater than, me having a couple dollar, extra dollars in my pocket, you know, this week. So I pay myself what I need to live that month. And, you know, a couple extra dollars, you know, go to McDonald's or something, you know, people, they say people that have companies, you know, they already got a million in the bank. That's not the case. Um, their company might have a million in the bank, but they don't. Um, but that's the way we do it. And I, I'm sure as the, as it grows and we, there's more money in the bank that yeah. our pay will go up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting too, because you're, you're building this asset really. And you're just like, why would I pull from too much from the asset when, and you're just going to like spend it on yourself. It's This asset is just an engine that you're building and it's just going to keep pumping out. And the more you feed it, the more it's just going to keep growing. And your vision, Luke's vision, my vision, we're not going to just do this for the next two or three years. Like we're going to do this for a long time. And so I totally see that vision of like, keep as much in as you can pay yourself a reasonable amount and a little extra too, because I mean, I, I think that's great too, to like reward yourself and like keep that hunger going. But I think it's ridiculous too. If you're just starting out and you're pulling all the profits, you're pulling everything out of the business and sucking it dry. I think there's a different way to do that. And I mean, I think personally, you gave a really good example, but also, you know, everyone's a little bit different too.
2: Yeah. I mean, it'd be really cool. You know, You've got to, you're going to have like a brand new like side by side or boat or something and then your machine breaks and you've already pulled all that money out to buy yourself toys and you can't fix that thing. That's the way I look at it. And circling back to the 401k thing, when I pulled that money out thinking, you know, it's not going to go into a retirement that we have at our company. Um, the company is my retirement, you know. Um, by the time I get older, my son, if, if he chooses to do this for a living, he may do something completely different and that's cool, but for whatever reason he chooses to do this, he'll be my age. Same concept. I'm gonna teach him everything my dad taught me. He's gonna take it over. I'm gonna sit back and collect. <laughs> hell yeah. He's your retirement, basically, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my son, that. my son's technically paying me, and he's only a year old. So
1: good for him. God fucking rights.
0: Shout That's out awesome.
1: to shout out to little dirt gang.
0: <laughs> little dude, <laughs> speaking of that, so Luke. We got to pivot because I don't want to not talk about this. We're already pretty deep in the podcast. So, dude, the dirt gang. I mean, we talked a little bit about it before, but I want to dive in a little bit more on the branding side. Like, that's what I really love is, is branding and branding yourself and a company. So, like, for one, how important do you think it is to, like, have some sort of platform and a brand? And I guess, two, once you have that platform, like the way you monetize it, if you could kind of walk through that, because you can have a platform, you can have people watching you, but you can also take action on that and monetize it and create a uh, revenue or an income from it. And it's similar to what Luke and I are doing with the dirtbags podcast. Like we're driving downloads to the podcast and then we're going to monetize it. So if you don't mind diving into a little bit of the business side of like a platform, I think that'd be great.
2: Um, yeah. So monetization was, uh Super weird uh, term for me when I first started this whole deal. Uh, I mean, I've heard it on uh, like YouTube and stuff. Um, bunch of like big YouTubers was like, "Yeah, I'm monetized or I'm demonetized," and I was like, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> Until I became, you know, some type of some you know small social media presence, but um, monetization wasn't even in in my vocabulary when I first started the Dirt Gang. It was it wasn't about money um i did create merch but again that wasn't about money it just i wanted to create a brand based around heavy equipment operators because i mean you see guys you know they wear caterpillar komatsu or whatever and of course they're going to wear that but i want something like i want to be the under armor of the heavy equipment world or something like that you know and i never got a. I mean this is a dirt gang hoodie people it looks i don't know i mean i think it's a great hoodie unbiased opinion but um, it was just more of a I wanted to create a brand for people like us, and I got hit with the, we need hive is, we need hive is, we need hive is, and I used uh, Teespring, and they don't offer hive is, so I was like, you're out of luck, boys. <laughs> Wear a vest, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, it it pays you know a minute amount of money you know enough to go buy a biscuit at McDonald's or something, nothing insane. Um, but this was like a big secret of mine that I was never going to tell anybody, but while we're here, I might as well. Um, I, I now get paid by Instagram to post and I get paid per view. Um, I don't know how it happened or what I did. I never signed up for nothing. I just got a notification and it's the reels on Instagram. Um, I guess the more consistent you are with your reels, the more traction they get, they pay you. And it's like a bonus thing. you can watch the monetization go up and i made as much as like a hundred bucks one time on one video in like 15 minutes because for some reason it just clicked some of my videos do good some don't um but that one just clicked and it gives you a little extra change in your pocket at the end of the month
0: yeah we had that happen to us so i'm an owner of uh turf Wars racing and we saw that like a couple months ago all of a sudden facebook it just, I didn't sign up for anything. It just happened. And it's like, congrats, you can get a bonus now for 30 days. I'm like, yep. what the hell? Like, how does this work? And then it's like, yeah, depending on your likes, shares, and comments in the next 30 days, you can get, we'll pay you. I'm like, well, let's get to it. So I just started creating content, putting stuff out and yeah, sure. Shit. They started paying us. I was like, oh, that's, that's actually kind of cool. And, you know, like you said, it, it's not anything like didn't replace any of our salaries or anything, but it's, uh, it's cool to like get paid from a free social media platform just for creating content, which you do anyway.
2: Yeah, It's just a little, uh, little more motivation to, to do better stuff, create better stuff.
0: Yeah. Cause ultimately that's what they want too. It's like, and th- they've gotten really good. These platforms of like just shadow banning and axing content that like sucks and people don't want to see. And, you know, there, there's still some flukes were working out and stuff but it's like they have it dialed into where if people want to see it they're they're going to show it to them and so it's great for people that are creating genuine content instead of just trying to you know finagle the system
2: absolutely i know a lot of instagram accounts that post just random and they got a lot of followers um but they just post stupid stuff like it's not even their videos it's just like super low quality, you know, them low quality videos on TikTok and they like copy it and you got the little TikTok watermark bouncing around and you know it's not genuine, but they get like 30,000 likes and you're like, dude, I'm over here busting my ass, you know, trying to work a job and then shoot content and I'm going to get like 50, 54 likes and you're going to get 30,000 from stealing someone else's video, it pisses me off.
1: <laughs> That's so true. Cody, what started the Dirt Gang? You were telling us a little bit about it earlier, but what was, what was kind of like the defining moments on when you're like, this is it. We're starting this shit.
2: Uh, I would say it was probably back in 2018, 2017. Well, 2017 is when I, when the idea popped in my head. Um, It was me and my, the crew of the guys that I worked with at the, at my last company. Um, We were on a big job, big, like pop job. We was laying like I don't even remember like sixty 000 to seventy thousand feet of HDP. Uh I don't remember what he was flowing through it, but <laughs> bunch of pop. We was laying a bunch of pop. And uh so we was just we rode around all day. There was another contractor there. So we was in this van and we was just kind of assisting them doing whatever we needed to do, operating, uh whatever. And uh trapped in that van all day you start thinking about life and um we really obeyed the rules. We never, you know, tried to choke each other with seatbelts. Uh, we <laughs> never jumped the van or anything like that. Uh, we never drove it up or none of that stuff. So we was thinking like, um, we should do a YouTube channel. We would probably make a bunch of money and get a lot of views. And they was like, nah, 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 we can't do that. We'll get fired. So I the idea. Yeah, theoretically, (laughs) I stored that idea in the back of my head, and I got on Instagram, and I seen uh, Pushy Six. He was a big inspiration for me. Shout out to Pushy Six and uh, Connor the Digger Driver. um, He's from the UK. He's like my twin from the United Kingdom. I when I first, um, fun fact, side note, when I first found his Instagram account, he had ten thousand followers. I had one hundred and seventy five and i get messages all the time about like hey how do you mount your phone to take those videos and i'm like it's not my phone it's a gopro but and i I asked that same question to connor the digger driver i was like dude how do you do these videos and he was like i got a gopro hero seven black with a mount i was like all right then went on amazon i bought a gopro and a mount started making my own videos and i went from 175 and i almost caught up to him he still had he had a little more than 10,000 but i went from 175 to 10k and almost caught up to him but he he's up to like i don't even know he's probably like in the hundreds by now i haven't checked lately but that's cool but back to the idea of the dirt gang um it just i stored that idea in the back of my head after they shot it down and again i was watching all these guys on um instagram and stuff and i got a really creative personality so i was like does anyone make content about what people in heavy equipment do? And I was like, I mean, technically, yeah, but it's not that big. So I just kind of – I did use my phone for the first video I ever made. And it kind of – I just posted it on, like, my personal Facebook page and my family and friends could watch it, and they really enjoyed it. So that kind of gave me some motivation. I was like, okay, so what could I do with this? Then I got the GoPro in, and I started shooting content. And if you go back on my Instagram and just scroll all the way down to the very first, you can see the progression of – me getting better at the camera and editing from the start to now, so. But it started with just the videos and I I noticed a big upward trend. And I always wondered, like, how do people grow Instagram accounts? How do people grow social media platforms? And I, I did it organically, I guess you could say, because, you know, it gives you the options to pay for ads and stuff, but that's just a scam. I've never got anything from that. And I'm, I've tried it before, but it don't work. Mm-hmm. And um, in my opinion, you might have a different outlook since you're into marketing or whatnot. But organically, all these bigger pages started seeing original content. And it was just a big, you know, I would go in and I'd tag like 50 people in one of my posts and at least two of them would repost it and that would get me followers. And one video I posted, it was two dozers and they was pushing through some water. And that thing went like absolutely crazy. That's what kicked it off. And from that point forward, that's when I capitalized on the big boom, you could call it, and started making more original content.
0: Were you, were you pretty stoked like when that started taking off and you just kept checking your phone and just like, oh, shit, like this is really yes. going.
2: Yes, I felt very pressured to to produce. And uh, yeah, I wasn't exactly prepared for that big of a boom, so... I had to, you know, rush around and try to capitalize as best I could on it.
0: Yeah, and it just—the more Luke and I have talked to you, like, it just makes me think. You know, I—I kind of wrote down three different things. And what do you think that you're most like—an operator, a videographer, or a creator? Because I—I I see all three. But like, yeah. what do you think? You're creator. Yeah, dude. That it's crazy listening to you and just—I see the passion too. And but also you're out there every single day as like an operator, so it's it's really cool to see because we get to talk to a lot of different people on the show and just like really dive into what they like and dude like what you're doing is is insane.
2: i have a very creative personality, dude. It's it it's it goes way further than you know equipment and stuff. Yeah. Um, because I'm never going to be a good operator and the eyes of the instagram enthusiast out there there's nothing the that keyboard warriors that is good enough to make them happy yeah they're horrible um and just because you do something different than they do you're stupid and you don't know what you're doing so there's that i don't think you could have said that word faster creator
1: and the first thing that came to my head was okay you created the dirt gang you know you built that from scratch built it up and then i was kind of thinking i was like well fuck he did that with his own company too So do you think there was any lessons learned from building, you know, the Dirt Gang up to like your business to where you're like, hey, these kind of have correlation with each other? Absolutely. They all,
2: yeah, they correlate a lot um, just the way you do things. Um, I think a lot of the confidence of jumping into this came from the Dirt Gang knowing kind of what, it's a completely different ball game, but at the same time, it's got a lot of similarities. But I think I had the confidence kind of knowing what happened with the dirt gang as to what could happen with this. If you played your card drop and be genuine, don't be a, don't be a crook, deliver good, honest work to your customers. Do the job, right? Don't shaft them. And I think it'll, I mean, it'll work itself out.
0: Is there, is there, so definitely a creator. Do you have that shiny object syndrome? Like, is there something next? that you're looking to do or is it like let's stick with this and uh ride it out here um
2: there's a lot of shiny objects but oh yeah um for whatever reason i've developed this uh severe case of fear of trying something different for whatever i don't know what's happened to me i think it's having a kid and just starting to be comfortable in life i'm not single or not well i'm not single and able to just jump, you know, anymore. I got to kind of check my surroundings before I do anything stupid to death, you know, mess up what I got going on here, but there's a lot of shiny objects. One being I wanted to start a podcast. Um, it was going to be called the operators only podcast. Um, I've even got all the, all the stuff right here, but I'm not tech there. savvy and I suck at that stuff. So I just kind of gave up on it.
0: <laughs> Dude. So, yeah. That's kind of why I asked. And it wasn't like something to like derail the other two businesses or anything like that, but I was going to bring up the podcast because that's another way where you can like actually help your business and do something that kind of gets your creative fix as well. But it sounds like you said you wanted to start. I mean, why not? Why not get after it?
2: Well, now that I know you can do it on zoom, I think it'll be a lot Dude, easier.
0: So easy. And people ask like, well, how do you do all this stuff? i like, zoom. You record it. It goes right to the cloud. We and it helps. We have uh, Brandon. He's our producer. He's he's awesome. We just send it to him. He makes some edits, um, and then we go through RSS.com and that publishes it to all the uh, all the channels. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything. And we clip it, um, put it on YouTube, and that's it. It's like it's actually so easy that I wish more people would do. it, Especially if you've got all the equipment. I mean, you're you're ready to go.
2: Yeah. I'm going to have to look into it. I'll probably message one of you guys after this and get some, uh, get some help. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then if you, uh, if you need a couple of guests, we got a couple of dirt bags that would, that would hey, jump on there. You're, we
1: you're all own it for guys. sure. We know a couple of guys.
2: I love it.
0: Well, well, as we, uh, as we wrap up here, are you planning on going out to any shows or Con Expo or anything like that?
2: Man, I was, I was thinking in my head when y'all asked me to be on here, if y'all was going to bring up Con Expo. Oh, yeah. It's a really, really long story about Con Expo for me, um, and the answer is, hell yes, I'm going to Connex, but I don't give I sh- I don't give a damn who tries to kill me or drag me down, I'm going this time, because last time I was promised a spot, um, the oh, hotel was picked out, I had announced it on Instagram, messaged my friends, and then it was like, oh yeah, actually, you're not going, um. Yeah, we picked somebody else. So I was like, dig. No. <laughs> Ruined my
1: life. Yeah, dude. Well, uh, it's probably a good thing because, like, I remember seeing a bunch of social media beef on the 2020 Con Expo years. There were some people that are like, I can't believe you guys are there with COVID. And then there's other ones that are like, oh, no, we're good. And then I think, like, two weeks later, the fucking world shut down.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, Luke and I will be there. and. Yeah we're gonna we're we're thinking about shooting some in-person podcasts too, uh some in-person dirt bags content so that'd be that'd be dope i think that'd be fun and then yeah i mean for anyone listening too, if you're trying to go and luca i'm assuming we can say this but we've got um the vp of aem he's going to be our next guest on the dirt bag so aem owns con expo and so he he's gonna bring it and he's excited He, he said he's gonna he asked if it's 7:30 p.m. or a.m. He's like, "When are we drinking? Like morning or is this yeah. is this are we a night thing?" Shots
1: at 7:30? I was like, "I'm in. I'm in, John. I'm so in."
0: Yeah, but he's he's stoked and uh yeah, we're going to talk all about like, you know, the show and and educational sessions and things like that. So it'll be good, but yeah, dude, it'll be fun to to see you out there too.
2: Yeah. Be fun to meet you. I will say this has been the quickest hour of my life. That was dude. fucking fast.
1: I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was like, "Is my clock going faster than it should right now, or what?"
0: No, dude, it, it flies by. But Cody, you know, Luke and I can't thank you enough, man. I mean, we like when we, we kind of listen to what the people want to. That's that's part of it. And then Luke and I kind of make the decision of, okay, who can add value to the listeners? Because like we mentioned earlier, we don't want to just go surface level and talk about this and that. But like we love diving into um, what people actually want to hear. So. Like, thank you. I know we're gonna probably have you on again at some point. So have like Please. a round two and get after it. But dude, keep crushing out in North Carolina. Um, we're gonna see you in March at Con Expo. And uh yeah. And if you want to follow along with Cody at Official Dirt Gang, you're probably already following him. But if you're not, go check him out.
1: And then Cody, what's the Gilbert one? Gilbert and Sons, official Gilbert and Sons? Yep, yep, yep.
0: Official Gilbert and Sons, yep.
1: Follow
2: them both. Those are both sweet. Let's go. All awesome. right, boys.